Hello, this is Joe McGee. Welcome to our podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and please share the podcast with your friends. That is the number one way you can help us reach people with God's love and healing. We love you guys. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Joe McGee. Welcome to Walk Through the Bible. We're going from Genesis to Revelation in chronological order. Today we're in the book of Joshua or winding down the book of Joshua. Fascinating book. Uh, you just went there and just took a week and just read through there. It would just bless you. God is so detailed. It doesn't leave anything out. doesn't leave anybody out. Got the hairs of our head numbered. God's trying to bless everybody, but we need to receive it. So we're in Joshua chapter 22. Uh, people ask us on our title. So I said, well, basically this is today's about they're going back home. They had a home. They sinned. They got driven out of their home. They repented. They came back home. They sinned. They got driven out of the home. They repented. They came back home. So this one's coming back home stories today. They're coming back home. They never should have left. They're coming home. So this is chapter 22 of Joshua, verse 1, read the New Living Translation. It says this, Then Joshua called together the tribes, Reuben, Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, you have done as Moses, a servant of the Lord, commanded you. You have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time, you did not desert the other. You have not deserted the other tribes. You've been careful to obey all the commands that the Lord your God right up to the present day. And now the Lord your God has given you and the other tribes uh, rest, as He promised them. So go back home to the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River. These are the ones that went over to the west side to help the other tribes get their land. They got theirs first, but God said, no, you got your land, but you got to go help your brothers and sisters get their land. And so they're coming back to the, uh, where they were. But be very careful to obey all the commands and instructions that Moses gave you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in all of his ways, obey his commands, hold firmly to him, serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went home. Verse 7, Moses has given the land of Bashan east of the Jordan River to the half-tribe of Manasseh. The other half was given uh, on the west side of Jordan to Joshua. So he sent them back, and he blessed them. And he said to them, go back to your homes with great wealth that you have taken from your enemies, vast herds of livestock, silver, gold, bronze, uh, and iron, with large supplies of, of clothing. <coughs> We've just been to the mall. We've loaded up large supplies of clothing. Share your plunder with your relatives. Verse 9, so the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh left the rest of Israel at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. They started the journey back to their own land of Gilead, the territory that belonged to them according to the Lord's command through Moses. So we're settling up. So it's finally everything we heard when we were slaves in Egypt has come to pass. God has fulfilled his promises. Verse 10, but while they were still in Canaan, when they come to a place called Gilead, uh, near the Jordan River, the men of Reuben, Gad, and half tribe Manasseh stopped to build a large and imposing altar. The rest of Israel heard that the people of Reuben and Gad, half tribe Manasseh, had built an altar near Gilbeth at the edge of the land of Canaan. 
uh, on the west side of the Jordan River. So the whole Cuban individual gathered at Shiloh and prepared to go to war against them. Because, uh, so what's going on? Well, they built an altar, but not to God. They're already here. God's blessed them, given them everything he promised, filled all of his vows, fulfilled all of his promises, and they're already starting to sin again. So they, so the other tribes prepared to go to war against them. First, however, they sent a delegation led by Phineas, son of Eleazar, the priest to talk with the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe Manasseh. In this delegation, there were ten leaders of Israel, one from each of the ten tribes, each uh, with the head of his family and the clans of Israel. When they arrived in the land of Gilead, they said to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe Manasseh, the whole community of the Lord demands to know why you are betraying the Lord God of Israel, how you could turn away from the Lord and build an altar for yourselves in rebellion against him. What was, was our sin at Peor not enough in this way? Are you, are you not fully uh, cleansed? It's, uh, even after each the plague had struck the entire community, uh, and and so and yet today you are turning away and following from following the Lord. If you rebel against Him, the Lord today, He will be angry with all of you tomorrow. That's pretty simple. What are you doing? How did you go stupid so quick? Verse nineteen. If you need the altar, because the land you possess is defiled. Then join the rest of us, the tabernacle of the Lord, where it is situated, to share with us. But be do not rebel against the Lord by building an altar other than the one, the true altar of the Lord, God had us build. <clears throat> Didn't divine anger fall on the entire community of Israel at Achan, when Achan did what he did, a member of the clan of Zerah, sinned by stealing the things set apart for the Lord? He was not the only one who died because of his sin. And the people of Reuben and Gad and the half-time Manasseh answered uh, the heads of the clans of Israel. The Lord, the mighty one, is God. The Lord, the mighty one, is God. He knows the truth. As Israel may know. We have not built an altar in treacherous rebellion against the Lord. If we have done so, do not spare our lives this day. We have built an altar for ourselves, turn away we have built an altar for ourselves, turn away from the Lord, uh, turn away from the Lord to offer burnt offerings, grain offerings, and peace offerings. May the Lord himself punish us. He said, listen, we, we, we didn't do this by the, with a bad attitude. The truth is we have built the altar because we fear that in our future, your descendants will say to ours, what right do you have to worship the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has placed us on the Jordan River as a barrier between our people and your people of Reuben Gad. You have no claim to the Lord, so your descendants may prevent our descendants from worshiping the Lord. So listen, the altar's going to be on the other side of the river. Our land's on this side of the river. We got our land first. We crossed the river to help you get your land. Now you've got your land. Come back to our land. But the temple's on your side of the land. So we need something over here on our side of the land to worship. They're very self-justification. So we decided to build an altar, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a memorial, it will remind our descendants and your descendants that we too have the right to worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings and sacrifices and peace offerings. Then your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no claim to the Lord. 
If they say this, our descendants can reply, look, we came to occupy the Lord's uh, land and the altar with our ancestors that they made. It is not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a reminder of the relationship both we both of us have with the Lord. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord or to turn away from him by building our own altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, or sin offerings. On the altar of the Lord, God stands in front of the tabernacle, uh, may be used for that purpose. When Phineas the priest and the leaders of the community and the heads of the clan of Israel heard from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh, they were satisfied. Phineas, son of Eliezer, the priest replied to them, Okay, today we know the Lord is among us, because we have not committed this treachery against the Lord as we thought. Instead, you have re- rescued the Lord by being destroyed from being destroyed by the hand of the Lord. Then finished the son of Eliezer, the priest and other leaders of the tribe of Reuben, and Gad returned to the land of Canaan to tell the Israelites what had happened. All this the Israelites were satisfied and praised God and spoke no more against the tribe of Reuben and Gad. The people of Reuben and Gad uh, named this thing, this altar, Witness, where they said, it is a witness between us and the Lord that he is our God too. He said, what did they do? We didn't rebel, but you got there all on that side. This uh, We built one to remind us as well. God's God. He's our God. It's your God. We not left, but we're on this side of the river. And so can you see just the minute detail? Well, where's, where's your church at? What church you go to? Well, we got our own church. Well, because there is no church in our town. We needed our church. And they're trying to say, we're not in rebellion. We just needed an altar to worship God, the same God, you know, because we don't have a tabernacle on our side of the river. So we needed something to do that. And they finally realized everybody was satisfied. That's true. That is true. You know, uh, you might not go to our church, but you serve our God. You may not sing our song, but you sing the song you sing to our God. You may not worship the way we worship, but when you worship, you worship our God. And so there's different, there's all kinds of denominations and things going on in the Bible. And some people try to say, well, we're the only one. Oh, nobody's the only one. Uh, God's a God of many. There's one faith, one God, one word. And so you got to cling to that. There's only one Bible. There's not, there might be 57 translations, but there's only one God. So I tell people, when you go to church, say, well, you know, they ask, do you worship God? Do you read the Bible? Do you teach your children and your youth? Then you're doing the word of God. may not be my church, but you're doing the work of God where you're at. Now, sometimes I've got family members, and uh, sometimes we're getting uh, uh, discussions at holiday seasons like we've just come out of, and they say, why do you go to this church? Well, I like this church. I like my pastor and what he teaches, teaches the word of God. I follow along in my own Bible when I'm sitting there. So we've got some of them that don't ever carry a Bible. I said, you, you don't, don't you have your own book? <laughs> you know, you know, a lot of people died to put that book in print. You need to read the word of God, the word of God. And uh, like sometimes uh, uh, people challenge me, like, you don't read the King James? No, I study the King James all the time. Uh, most of the new King James, but I don't speak King James. So I speak modern English. And so I read the New Living Translation. And so some parts of America, when I travel, I'd be very, very mindful of where I'm at and what I'm doing. 
So I, I believe in Jesus. He's the Son of God. He died for me. God raised from dead. He's the right hand of the Father. Pray for me right now. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Three in one, the triune God. I believe he orders my steps, talks to me when I go to sleep, when I wake up, when I walk during the day. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. I believe there's so many angels around me, you can't count. Everything I believe comes out of the Word of God. I used to tell my kids, uh, you know, the people would challenge them in school. I said, well, listen, the Bible says the mouth of two or three witnesses the thing is established. You find me at least two scriptures, and I really prefer three for what you're believing. If you can find me three scriptures, I'm probably going to roll with it. But if you can't find me three scriptures, uh, I don't think that. And so God set up a standard. His word's truth. Truth sets you free. And so in the last days, there'll be lots of false gods, false religions, uh, false ways of doing stuff. You got to stick with the pure one, the true one. And you need to hang out with people that think like you think and believe what you believe, the true word of God. And you need a pastor. You need a, a local church. You need to go on a regular basis. And I remember there's a period of time, all oh, the last 50 years, where people would leave the local church. Well, we don't need the local church. We're going to have our own little group. No, you need a local church. You need a pastor. Somebody's got permission to tell you the truth when you don't want to hear it. You know, it's not your friend. He's your pastor. He's your shepherd. And so shepherds have a staff. Sometimes they need to know that's wrong. And you need to have somebody you can talk to. And so, you know, through our years of doing family ministry for the last 34 years, people said, what did you do? Well, if I had a challenge, I'd go see my own pastor. I have a pastor, you know, uh, in the ministry we have today. I have a local church I go to that we're members of, and I have a pastor. And we go talk to him. And we visit with him. We ask questions. He gives answers. And so I'm submitted to the local authority. I'm not my own person. And so what happens is God's got ways set up to keep us protected. And that starts in the body of Christ and the word of God and your local church. So be involved. Find you a great local church. Go sit in and listen to them. And, uh, and God will speak to you. I think this is home. It's not for what you're getting. A lot of times it's for what you're getting and what you can give. So you need to be involved. All my kids, I told them from day one years ago, uh, this is not something we belong to. This is something we participate in. So we're going to show up early and stay a little later, going to usher, going to greet, go to teach Sunday school, going to mow the grass, going to vacuum, going to clean the toilet. This is our church. We're here to serve. And so when you serve, you think a lot different. You're not as judgmental. And so you're here for people. And some people are been saved a long time. Some just got saved yesterday. Uh, some are walking with God. Some are not walking with God, but they all need Jesus. They need to be encouraged. They need to be confronted, need to be edified and exhorted. That's what the body of Christ does. Let's do our job and be part of the local church. So that's what's happening right here. They're leaving the promised land, but God's not through with them. Some great things are about to happen. So stay tuned for next time. God bless, guys. Be sure to join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear more of what God can do in your life. It's got a great future for you and your family, and we're here to help you get there. Please make sure you visit Joe McGee Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. There you find all of our Friday funny videos and other encouraging resources for you and your family. While you're at it, be sure to visit JoeMcGee.com. We have all sorts of materials, books, DVDs, you name it, all there to help you, your marriage, and your family succeed.